Hello, and welcome to DIY Data 5. Today is September 2nd, 2020. My name is Michael Yurig. This is episode six on skills and building a be, no do, better muscle. In today's episode, we are going to look at when and where we want to spend our efforts in the pursuit of gaining the skills needed to function as a successful DIYer. Also, I want to discuss something that not only I believe is important that we teach our children, but also what we should as individuals uh, always want to do, and that's building a be, no do, better muscle. I'll better explain that as uh, we get into the dad side of this podcast. Um, if you want to go back again, um, we're going over the the temps portion of that. Again, that's time, equipment, money, passion, and skills. Again, these are the five areas you want to look at for DIYing. Today, we're covering the skills, but if you want to go over a brief overview of all five of the, those areas, um, you can look in the show notes for the link to episode two, where I briefly go over all five of them. Today, we're going to talk about skills. And then uh, later on in the podcast, again, we're going to go over the um, how to uh, not only work with our children, but also ourselves in going into what I refer to as the be, no do, better muscle. Uh, so first, we're going to jump into the skills portion of co- checking our temps. And again, the S is for skills. So let's get into skills today. Skills. So this is the ability to actually do the project or the task that we want to do. Um, obviously, this is something on the, do you already have the skills? Can you get the skills? If you can get the skills or you need to brush up on your skills, where do we get the information? Um, or do we know somebody who has the information? And we should know pretty quickly if we are able to get this information um, that is needed to do the job. And again, the where we can get the information in this world nowadays is obviously all over the place. We have friends, we have family, coworkers, and this thing that is called the World Wide Web. Um, but don't be fooled because even though it's a World Wide Web, a lot, as I've touched on in episode two, it can be a lot of junk. Um, so when I was talking in episode two, the, a lot of things that we have to worry about is, you know, the information that we're getting may not actually apply to our job, may not be um, correct, and it can be very frustrating and it can actually make us not want to do what we're doing or may um, urge us to give up because we're not getting the correct information, may not be getting the, the information that's going to really help us succeed in, our, in our, ch- our tasks that we're trying to get the skills that we need for it. So I don't always recommend that people jump right into the Internet. Um, sometimes I'd say, you know, if you're looking at a task, is there somebody you know that is, has that specialty? Um, we always joke that, you know, everybody has a friend in the real estate business or everybody has a friend as a mechanic or everybody knows an IT guy. Well, if you look around, that's actually usually true. That's why it's kind of funny. Um, so don't always rely just on the internet. Um, you know, we, we should really look around ourselves and see those people in our lives and not be afraid of asking questions. Um, I'm not saying we have to ask them to do the jobs for us, obviously, but just even getting a, a good pointer of where should I look for this information? Um, you know, should I be looking at the internet? Should I be looking at a good manual? 
you know, is there a good website you recommend maybe that I go to specifically to get information? Or is there a good place where you think I can look for parts if, if you're at that point in the um, process of, of the DIY project, where to look for parts, where to look for tools? You know, you, maybe you got the information on the job and you've already decided you're going to do it, but you're at the next step researching where to get the stuff that you need to do it. You know, maybe talk to uh, your friend or coworker that actually works or maybe has already DIY'd a lot of this type of stuff and, and glean some information from them as well. So a lot of what we have to do is get the information so that we can determine a couple things. A, are we going to be able to do it? You know, we have to not only figure out if we can get the information, but we need to build in ourselves the confidence to actually do the job. Um, and we can do this a couple different things. Is it, has it been something we've done in the past? Is it the arena that we've worked in before? You know, have we worked on our own car before? Have we successfully done the job before? So we at least know we have partially have the skills. Maybe it's a new job. We have to get new information so we can do it again. Um, or is it the same job we've done before? So we have this skill already and we just have to brush up on it. Or is it something that maybe we have to spend more time on, get more skills on, and we have to really dig in deep so that we will have the confidence to do the job? Because no matter what, if we don't get the confidence in the skills, we really should not be moving forward in this area when we're checking uh, on our temps. If you don't get the confidence in your skills to do the job, you should not be moving forward with this DIY project. Because again, you're gonna be wasting your time, you're gonna be wasting your money, you're, you're probably gonna get hurt if you do not get the skill set necessary to do the job right. Because um, if you don't do a job right, you're gonna break your car, you're gonna ruin your lawn, you're gonna do something wrong in, with your house, you know, a lot of these things aren't going to go the right way. Now, if it's just a fun project, like you're going to build a piece of furniture and you just want to try it out, you know, feel free to put your hand to it. You know, no harm, no foul. If you have the extra cash and you just want to try that, you know, don't obviously put it on credit card because then you're going to be trying to pay off a, a credit bill that, you know, which is a fun project. But when it comes to something important, like, again, fixing your car, fixing your house, a really expensive project, that's not where you want to try your hand at something if you're not confident in this skill area. The other thing too is you want to review the information or do more research if you're not confident in the information that you're getting. You know, again, this is bouncing that information off of a friend who has either that skill set already or somebody who's already DIY'd a lot in this area. You know, so don't feel like you just have to rely on what you've done and you've done only. In this community of DIYing, let me tell you, it's always best and other DIYers will always feel more than happy to um, lend a hand when it comes to, you know, giving advice or lending an ear just to say, you know, that doesn't sound right. Or when I've, what I've experienced with this is, is this, this, and this. So you might want to look out for that. You know, we have no problem sharing our own experiences so that other people don't falter the same way we did. Um, other places you can look for information, like I've kind of thrown out there a few times, other than the World Wide Web, is you have friends, you have family. Sometimes your local hardware store are going to have people who are working there because they want to, and they are more than happy to lend advice because it also helps drive business. You know what I mean? A lot of the times your local hardware store are going to have people who will help you DIY because you're buying the products there usually 
once you start your product, uh, your project. Uh, same thing with a part store. So like uh, your AutoZone or your Advanced Auto or Riley's Auto Part, you know, all these stores that sell these parts, it's because people are fixing their own cars. Very rarely is it an automotive store that's going to always be buying from them. It's a lot of DIY auto people. So they'll tend to give you advice up to a certain point. Um, you may also get a better point of view um, from actual people with experience that have worked on a similar car or the same car as you. So if you have a friend who has the same car, they may have already run, run into it either with their experience with the dealer um, for the actual cost of that similar repair. So you may actually be able to judge, you know, you know, what it, what was your experience with this versus um, if would you have done it on your own kind of thing. You know, so whether or not you're going to want to do it yourself. So I have a, a little um, story that I want to tell um, just for an idea of um, really where I could have learned something if I asked a friend of mine who has tons of experience with building homes. He has tons of experience when it comes to carpentry, electrical, all this kind of stuff, because he could literally build a house all on his own. I decided to get a pool installed uh, at my house, and I was going to pay somebody to put up the pool, but they didn't do the electrical portion. They said, you got to hire an electrician, or you got to do the electrical yourself. So I said, okay. I went and I got a quote for that, and it was some ridiculous amount. And I was like, you know what? I'm good with electrical. I can do it on the inside. I could run it on the outside. I remember my dad doing it when I was a kid for our pool. It's not that hard. So I started running electrical and I said, you know what? I'm going to be having this outside. It's not going to be running in the ground because it's going to be running under my deck. So I wanted to run it through conduit so it wasn't just exposed to the air. So I'm running this about 30, 40 feet under my deck and I was going to run it through a conduit. And I spend like a whole day trying to just run this wire through this conduit and it is just a horrible experience. I am under my deck. The conduit's run. I'm trying to run it through. You know, I'm using fishing uh, wire, not the wire you go fishing with, but like, um, you know, when you're trying to fish wire through a wall or something like that, you can use this. Uh, it's like a piece of metal, and I can get the metal through no problem. But when I try to pull the 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 coated wiring through the conduit, it would keep getting stuck after I get going so far to the point where I literally just could not fish it back through, and so eventually I just got sick of it. I cut the conduit and I just literally just pushed the wire through. I actually ended up cutting my hand with the razor because it slipped. And, you know, hours and hours and hours just wasted trying to figure out how to get this through. And I got it. I got it all put up. I got, got it all put in finally. The, the, it's put in. It's, it's good. It's great. It's all to passing code. No problems. I'm talking to my friend one day. Everything's great. He's over. He says, you know, you did a great job. Awesome. That kind of thing. I told him this whole story. He goes, dude, you should have used conduit lube. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, it's a silicone lube. You put it on the wire and it'll just slide right on through the conduit. He goes, you're basically trying to put rubber through rubber. And after a certain point, there's just so much friction, you just can't pull it through. And he goes, you just use conduit lube and it'll just go straight through, no problems. And had I just talked to him about this one thing, you know, about my little project. And again, he has all of this experience. Had I just said, hey, this is what I'm going to doing. Do you have any advice? He could have just said that one simple thing and it would have saved me hours and hours of frustration. So again, talk to people who have experience and just ask them, hey, do you have any advice? Because their vast knowledge could help you. So get information 
even if you think you have the skill set, because you may have somebody who has an experience or has a lot of experience that you don't have that can just make your job a little better. And this goes with anything, not just a DIY project. This could be something that you have tons of skill in. You know, if you're going to do something that you haven't done before a million times, um, or you're working on a project with somebody, feel free to say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Do you have any, you know, tips or tricks on what you've done in the past in this area? You know, feel free to take advice. This could be in your, your actual workplace too. You don't know what somebody else has gone through. It could be a great thing that could make your life a lot better and vice versa. You know, you could have some experience that somebody has never gone through and it could help them out a lot as well. So let's move on to the dad side of the DIY data five. And I want to get into what I refer to as the be, no do better muscle. Um, I was in the army, so I do understand that the army has this uh, thing that's known as be, no do. This is different. This is not the same thing. So I don't want people reaching out to me. Oh, I love it. You know, I love the be, no do. This is not the same thing. It's similar, but it's not the same thing. Um, so this is something that um, I feel is a good thing to take upon yourself. It's a good thing to instill in our children because this is really a great way to live when it comes to being a DIYer, when it comes to just um, moving through life. And it's kind of a, it, I refer to it as a muscle because it's something that if you don't do it, you get weak at it. And if you do do it, you get stronger with it. You never stay the same. Um, so that's why I refer to it as a muscle. Um, there was a time where uh, I kind of referred to it as a bone, but a bone kind of is what it is. Um, it, you don't get better or stronger with it no matter what. That's why I refer to it as a muscle now. So it's called a be, no, do, better muscle. I'm going to describe what it is, and then I'm going to talk about how we teach our children on it and kind of um, what it, once you know what it is for you, you can kind of work on yourself if you want to as well. So first, we're going to talk about the B portion of it. This is called being present. Um, so the thing is, first, you want to know uh, B is being who you are. It's being fully committed to the roles that you are meant to be involved in with the proper priority. So this is being who you are. So me personally, I'll use me as the example. And I'm going to put it in the example of the proper, proper priority. So my proper priority of who I am is I'm a follower in Christ. Um, so I believe in Jesus Christ, and he is my top priority, and that's where I should I put my priority of what to do. I'm a husband to my wife. I'm a father to my children. Uh, my next level is generally going to be employee, friend, son. So that's where my next relationships are very important in varying degrees on where, depending on what's going on. I'm a teacher. There are a lot of things that I have going on in life where um, I help teach things. I, I teach a class at church. Um, I teach other friends things when they have problems. So I'm also a teacher. So um, I'll have people reach out to me and I'll try and teach them different things. And then there's other things that come up. Um, you know, I have this podcast that I've now dedicated my time to, um, but I'm sorry, there's a lot of other things that will come before this podcast. Um, and then other things that come up. So those are things that in my life I commit myself to and they are things that I will fully commit myself to. I don't take my time for granted. And when I put my time into something, I want to do my best. I want to be present in it 
at all times. So I want to put all of my time into following Christ. Next, I want to put all of my time and fully be there with my wife when I am with her. I want to spend all of my time and fully be present when I'm with my children. When I'm working, I am working. When I'm with my friends, I'm with my friends. When I'm spending time with my parents and my in-laws, I'm making sure I'm spending my time with them and so on and so forth going down the list. Am I perfect when I'm doing any one of these things? No. Like I've talked many a times, are any of us perfect in anything we do? No. But the point is, is we are always trying to be better at doing the things that we are supposed to be doing. So I'm always getting better at having communications with God. I'm always trying to get better at reading my scripture. I'm always trying to get better at um, having the relationships with people in the way that he wants me to have the relationships with them. And that being at the top makes really a lot of all the other stuff better. Next thing is being a better husband to my wife and spending the time and being committed in those times that I'm with my wife starts making the other relationships, again, sub to that better as well. Um, when my wife and I have a great relationship, the relationship with my children are a lot better. When the relationship with my children are a lot better, I don't have to worry about things when I'm at work and so on and so forth. That's why, this, like I was talking about, having the things in the proper priority is very important as well. So the being present and working on that muscle and being better at being present when you're with the people when and doing the things properly is very important. And then the other thing is let others in those relationships lean on your strengths. You don't want to let them lean on your weaknesses because you're going to fail them and it's going to hurt you. Um, so in any of those, obviously, other than for mine and God's, he's not going to lean on me. He's going to put me there in all the other relationships on purpose so that they can lean on my strengths. But you want to make sure you're present for them so that they can lean on your strengths and you allow them to. That's the part of be present. The next part of this is the no. It's the no more. The no more portion is always study and learn on how you can improve your own situation. Um, and this is across any area of your own life. Like I said before, I'm always trying to study and learn scripture. This is um, a big study source for me. God has a lot of instructions on a lot of areas of life. There's a lot of other authors in the world that a lot of them do a lot of their writings that I personally consume that start off in the biblical and then it turns into a lot of studying of human behavior and they do a lot of cross referencing between the two to give more application to life. So that's where I, I usually get a lot of my studying from. And then um, I'll, I'll glean some other that's more secular based as well. Um, but a lot of it does lean more the biblical side. So I am constantly trying to study and improve my own situation by reading. Um, then there's obviously historical reading and, and stuff like that. And then just learning, you know, other things as well, like for my job. And, you know, I'll learn technology and that kind of stuff as well. Then the other thing that you want to do for always knowing more is you never want to let someone else tell you, and we'll get later on, or your children, that we are limited because of some external and even most internal limitations put on us. Um, you cannot let somebody else dictate what's going on in your life for any reason. Because once you do that, you've stopped getting better. You've stopped 
experiencing life. You've stopped uh, growing. You basically let somebody else uh, dictate what you can do. You've let somebody else dictate what you can learn. You let them dictate who you can marry. You let them dictate what you can drive, where you can live. You've basically let them say who you are. You might as well let them change your name without your permission. Um, as long as you've let somebody classify you any way they see fit, whether it be a legitimate limitation, uh, you've lost your leg, you'll never be able to run. I'm sorry, I've seen plenty of people with prosthetics that run way faster than me, and I have both legs. Um, there are many, many limitations that are legitimate, and people overcome them all the time. And there are many limitations that are complete farces that people put on, try to put on you that we just need to shut them up and just keep driving on. So do not ever let somebody put a limitation on you, either from an external source or from an internal source. Just make a decision, learn about something new, and keep trying to know more and get better. And again, this is a muscle. It's hard to do a lot of the times, especially when um, our situation looks dire. And a lot of times we need those relationships I was referring to before to help drive us forward. The last part of this is the do. Do it. So when we have a very strong B and a very good no as we start growing our knowledge, we start talking differently. Uh, we start talking about all the great things that we've learned. We start talking about all the relationships that we have, but we don't start doing a lot of the things that we've started talking about. So the most important thing now is we start doing what we're talking about. Another way to refer to this is walking the walk. Don't just talk the talk. Um, because if you never walk the walk, you're just a hypocrite. You start telling people, oh, this is a great thing to do. This is a great thing to do. This is a great thing to do. But you never do it yourself. You got to also do it. If you say it's a good thing to give, but you never give your time, you never give your money, and you never give your blood, if you can, obviously, are you really a giver? If you uh, say you love um, teaching or you say you love to build stuff, but you never actually tried to teach something or you never tried to build something, what are you? You're a talker. So that's why this last part is the last part because as you build your be present and your knowledge as you're trying to learn more and, and improve your your situation that way you got to actually start doing it you got to start doing the being more the knowing more you got to actually start doing it the stuff that you've learned and you've got to start being more present in those relationships um, that you're going to learn more about now now that I started talking and explaining the be, no do better portion, that again, these are muscles. So if you don't work on these, you're going to get very weak in them. If you work these, you're going to get very strong in them. And each three of these, you can, you're going to ebb and flow. You know, if you're really tired, it's going to be really hard to be present in a lot of relationships. You know, different relationships are going to ebb and flow. Um, with different people, obviously, you know, with my wife, I'm going to be with my wife the rest of our lives. With Christ, I can be with him all the time, but sometimes it's hard to read scripture. You know, with my kids, they're going to be with me until they're grown and gone, and then I might see them, if I'm lucky, once a month, even that if they move farther. My employer, I'm going to be with them a lot until they leave me or I leave them. Who knows? Knowledge, growing and reading, 
you know, different books. I'm going to read the book, maybe never pick it up again. And doing things, you know, different things are going to come and go. Some things you're going to keep doing, some things you're going to do once. It's okay. But you got to always be working these three different things, being present, knowing more and learning and doing those things that you say you're going to do. Now, moving on to the parent portion of the be, no do, better muscle. How do we teach this? Well, I can say this simply as you have to show it. You can talk about it all you want, like I said, under this do portion. But if you don't actually show yourself doing it and enjoy showing yourself doing it, it's not going to work. Um, and I'm going to kind of use the example of my wife being a homeschool teacher and the the example of learning and showing that we enjoy learning to really explain this. So my wife who gets to teach our children. She she actually takes the curriculum and designs how she's going to teach each of our children. We'll do many different things. She gets to make it more entertaining for our children. She gets to customize it for each of our children because all children generally learn different. And she gets to make it very relevant to our lives, to each of their lives. And she gets to do all of these things. She gets to get them involved in the learning process. We get to choose how our curriculum is presented to them. Um, you know, she gets to break up the school day. We can change our schedule all we want. You know, there's a lot of different things my wife gets to do to make sure that the learning itself is engaging and our children are enjoying it. But that only makes the learning itself fun. But does it make our children want to learn? Not necessarily. It might make it enjoyable, might keep their attention, but does it really feed that urge or grow that urge to have them wanting to keep coming back. It might for a little while, but day after day, week after week, month after month during the school year, will they get tired or will they want to keep learning? Will it keep driving that urge to want to learn? Generally not. What does that? That's us as parents showing the children that we also have this urge in this drive to keep learning as well, well beyond the fact of we have to. Showing the children that we still have this love of learning as well. So we still wanna read, we still wanna learn new things because we just purely enjoy the fact that we can. Um, yes, there's things that we have to learn and you know, at my job, I have there's new technologies that come out. Some of them, you know, I just have to learn. And I say, you know what, this is something new. And it's part of my job, but I also show them that I enjoy learning it. And by being able to show them this, they see, wow, this is not just me. This is also my parents, but they also enjoy it. And I show them other things that I enjoy learning too, not just that. Uh, we will go out on hikes, we'll go to waterfalls, and we'll show them new things. We'll show them the things that we do enjoy learning that have nothing to do with our job. We will constantly be showing them the different things of life and how it is affecting us and our enjoyment. That's really what grows it in our children. It's not the making it enjoyable for them or the let's see how we can get them through it. It's the showing them in our lives how it's something that can be enjoyable 
for the long term. So if we can show our children that it's something that can be enjoyable, it'll grow in them. It's like planting a seed, an idea, and then constantly watering it. Like we can't just show them once or twice that we loved loved to read a book once or twice and then never pick up a book again. We can't show them that we loved going on a hike once or twice and then never go on a hike again and then expect them to love going outdoors or camping or fishing or eating ice cream. Like if we only ate ice cream once, no matter how much they liked it, but then we never got ice cream again, do you think they're going to really remember that ice cream was something fun? No, it doesn't matter what it is. So if, we, if we're constantly showing them the, the loves that we have and the passions that we have, that's what they're going to remember. And that's what's going to feed the fire if the passion's really going to ever develop. It's showing that in our lives, it is something worth valuing. And that's really what's going to grow it in them. Hopefully I didn't berate that too much. So one of the things I'm doing, a little example, is so personally, like I've said, I love computers. And every so often, people will dump junk computers on me. And I, what I like to do is I will refurbish them if I can simply in their way. Or what I can do is if I can get small pieces pretty cheaply, I will rip them open and I will try and rebuild them. And then eventually, I'll donate them to somebody who might need a computer. So what I'm starting to do now is as my kids get older, because new technology comes out, I like to look on the inside of them, is I will involve my kids in in the process. So this is something where I'm learning and I'll explain that to them like, hey, I'm going to open up a computer. They change every so often. They're very different than when I was a kid myself, but I enjoy opening computers and just seeing what they look like, seeing how they've changed, that kind of stuff. And I'll explain that to them and I will involve them in my process of learning and I'll explain it to them. I won't let them you know, feel like I'm trying to just teach them, I'll let them know this is also a learning experience for me. This is part of my learning. And I want them to be fully aware that it is something I enjoy. Um, I will let them know when I am reading a new book. Um, my wife and I, we let them know when we're reading the scripture because it's something we enjoy doing. Um, sometimes they read scripture with us. Sometimes they read scripture on their own. And we'll talk about it. You know, so there's different things that um, we involve them in, and sometimes they do it on their own, and sometimes we do it um, together. And, and those are the things that we see are really what starts the fire in them, is when they see us doing it, it's really what gets their interest peaked, and then eventually it takes off on their own, and then we can come together, and it just keeps growing. Um, so again, like I was saying, this is kind of going back to that be, no do muscle, and that example with the, you know, teaching them how to want to learn is that kind of that no portion of it is you want to teach them to want to know more. But this is about the being present. You want to teach them to always want to be present. It's, it's also teaching them like, I want to be with them. We do daddy daughter dates. You know, I, I'm showing them I want to be with them by actually scheduling time with them. Um, I show them that it's important that I spend time with their mother by telling them this is time that I'm spending with your mother. We go out on dates on purpose. It's important to us, that kind of stuff. And then the doing it. I don't just say certain things. If I say something's going to happen, I make sure it happens. The, these All three of these areas are very important 
we make sure that they get emphasized. And then we also understand, obviously, sometimes we mess up, sometimes we forget, sometimes we have to reschedule, all of that. And as children get older, we explain more of that to them as well. Obviously, our four-year-old doesn't necessarily get the full picture. Our 10-year-old gets much more of the picture. Our seven-year-old, somewhere in between. You know, so a lot of this is obviously always learning, always growing, and just always trying to do better. Um, and then with the kids, the best thing is just show them how you're trying to do it in your life. And they will pick up on it. And if you're not doing it, to be honest, you're already showing these three areas. You're showing whether or not you're present. You're showing whether or not you're trying to do better. You're showing whether or not you are a doer or just a talker. Is your muscle weak or is your muscle strong? Are you trying to get better or not so much? Your kids are paying attention. Let's see how we're going to show them. Again, my name is Michael Yerg. This is DIY Data 5. If you uh, enjoyed this episode, you can uh, like and share. Please do. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter. You can also email me, like I was saying before, at podcast at DIYdata5.com. I pray you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you. Have a great week, and I'll see you in two Wednesdays. See ya.